So it may seem unprofessional not to produce a podcast because your chosen team are 2-0 down in the conference finals. But I think by this point, a lot of rational people were thinking that we'd be swept out and the rested Bucks and the rested Warriors would be facing off in the finals. However, by way of magic, by way of miracles, and to be honest, by way of, you know, good system offense and a brilliant Kawhi Game 3 performance, the Raptors are now 2-2 two and two, and a best of three series awaits in what could be one of the greatest Eastern Conference Finals of all time. And really, this podcast, we're not going to touch on the first two two games. Those have been dissected to death. We know in game one, we let it slip. It was a, We were up eight points, ten points towards the end of the game, and we didn't score a basket for the last four minutes. Meanwhile, game two, the Bucks were simply too good for us, and enough role players did not turn up on that day. However, we're going to look at the last two games. Beautiful as they were, and the good thing, of course, about winning is that it makes podcasting so easy and there's quite a lot to talk about especially when it comes to lavishing praise on players whether they be starters all-stars or role players putting in surprising shifts so without further ado let's get straight into analyzing some brilliant performances in game three and four And indeed they did. Kawhi Leonard not only went and turned up to Toronto, but played 52 minutes of absolutely quality basketball. It may not look brilliant on the box score. He went 11 from 25 from the field, 12 from 13 from the three throw line, which was, of course, brilliant from the charity stripe. And essentially his tenacity, especially in overtime, his defence... He had actually been assigned straight to Giannis for this game. Whereas in the past, you'd see the likes of Siakam and Ibaka on Giannis. However, Kawhi was straight up defending the Greek freak. And he did it absolutely brilliantly. Held him. I mean, you look again, you look at the boss score and... Ooh, how can you allow Giannis to get 23 rebounds? But he was held to 12 points. 5 of 16 shooting. And he fouled out as well. And what happens... When someone like Kawhi is not only attacking you, attacking you as a defender, but also making you really work in offense, means you get frustrated, means you get tired, and that contributes to you fouling out. But Kawhi wasn't the only star in Game 3. You also had Siakam, who'd had a really couple of dodgy games in the past, single-digit games, but he had 25 and 11. The Bucks didn't really have an answer to him, and he managed to recover from some adversity, even within the game. He missed... So, the Raptors went up two with just seven seconds to go. Chris Middleton jacked up a three. Siakam grabbed the rebound and got intentionally fouled. Now, he has the chance to put the Raptors up by four points, right? An unassailable lead with a few seconds to go. He misses not one, but both at the free throw line. And then, of course, as we know... Bucks go up the other end, draw the game, take it to overtime. And he felt extremely guilty about that. He said at the end of the game, Kawhi said he played an hour of basketball, which he ended up, he played 52 minutes. And uh, Siakam felt guilty. He said he told him, my bad. 
But Sieka managed to recover, of course, and of course, in overtime itself, made some brilliant plays on both ends of the field that contributed to the eventual win. So two people who also impressed were Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell. Now Lowry, he was more of a talk more about him when we talk about Game Four. But Norman Powell, nineteen points, and I think you could see in Game Two, even in, within the blowout, that he was really making the difference when he was getting minutes in the second half. The Bucks had no answer to whether he was slashing in. Uh, his energy, his intensity, he was decent from beyond the perimeter as well. And he had 19 points. He unfortunately fouled out. Now, this was quite a controversial one because it ended up, Brooke Lopez ended up pushing him into a Bucks player, which meant he got his sixth foul. And he ended up fouling out as well as Kyle Lowry. And to win despite your two on-form players doing this is very, very impressive. Because... It means the whole team has to contribute. And that they did. I can cite Marc Gasol, who was really, really good. 16 points and 12 rebounds. And again, after like Siakam, after a couple of single-digit games, that's the player who's bounced back. And that's the player who delivers. And in overtime, again, overtime could have been another win. However, it took two overtimes. And by the end, the Bucks looked tired. I think what's happened is... That initial advantage they got from managing to gentlemen sweep the uh, the Celtics, where they got almost an extra week of rest over the Raptors, that's starting to disappear now. That advantage is starting to disseminate. And so when you go to second overtime, even though Toronto play less players, have a smaller rotation, and everyone's playing a few more minutes, the Raptors still manage to come out on top because... Who knows, they're a bit more they're physical. You've got the home court advantage, which was fantastic. But that's not to say the Bucks didn't deliver. I mean, Giannis was held, which was very important. Brooke Lopez was held, who dominated in the first game. And uh, I shouldn't really need to say this, but Ilya Sova, who scored 14 points uh, in one quarter in game two, was also held, which was nice. However, they had George Hill, who put up 24, including a couple of clutch free throws that wouldn't have gone amiss when LeBron James's Cavs were facing... The Warriors last year. Throwing no shade at all. And Brogdon had 20. And Brogdon is someone who uh, we've cited before. As really impressing. And could make a real name for himself. You know. Everyone in the East. Everyone who kind of follows the Bucks knows his quality. But he really ma- he's really making a name himself in this conference finals. And so. Even after this game. However. Bucks fans. But the Bucks coach. Was even saying. Well, let's 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 go right to what he said. The bus coach said we were right on the cusp of winning a game when we didn't play that well. And that was kind of the attitude that summed up Milwaukee and their kind of posse after. Because yes, the Raptors managed to come out with the game. However, it took Kawhi Leonard playing fifty two minutes, getting injured within the game, and going to two overtime at the Toronto Raptors home when it was a backs-to-the-wall performance. And so they were pretty confident going into Game 4. But before we analyse what was perhaps one of the best wholesome performances from everyone in the Toronto Raptors team in Game 4, let's listen to some Game 3 reaction to recap. Before this series, you told me that the key to this team's success is everybody just wants to win. But where does your mind go when your team looks to you to take over? I was just, you know, confident in myself. 
my teammates are confident in me, and I just go out there and play. And, uh, you know, I deliver the, the, with the results because I'm giving 110% out there. You're defending an MVP finalist in Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's the key to limiting him offensively? Uh, it takes a team. He's a great basketball player. That's why he's an MVP finalist. Um, we all have to just show hands and just play hard. Um, he's a great player. He plays hard, and uh, he's leading his team great. You did appear to be laboring physically. How are you feeling now? Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. This is this is playoff basketball. Uh, everybody's hurting, so we just got to keep fighting. And there's an opportunity now to tie this series in Toronto. Despite the win, where do you want your team to be better in Game Four? Uh, I got to look at some film. Uh, right now, I'm about to just enjoy this win, and uh, we'll see what we got to do uh, tomorrow. Congratulations, Kawhi. Thank you. So, as you can imagine, going into Game Four. There was a nervous feel around the Toronto Raptors franchise, the organisation, the fan base. This was, well, at least since Game 7 against Philly, this was the biggest game in franchise history. Lose this, and it's a guaranteed series loss, and quite frankly, could be the end of Kawhi Leonard in a Raptors jersey. This wasn't the case for many of you. We did a poll on our Twitter account, at Balling in the Six, and 89% of you felt that Kawhi will stay even if we don't make the finals. This was asked of course before the game when there was quite a low chance according to 538. However, and I don't think anyone expected the Raptors to come out like this because you had a weary Kawhi Leonard who just played 52 minutes, who'd been having ankle problems since he landed awkwardly on it in game three. And you kind of wonder, the role players, can they step up? Can they lead the way? And they did. And they were led by the all-star point guard, Kyle Lowry. 25 points, including 18 in the first quarter, led the Raptors to a phenomenal start. And quite frankly, led them to one of the best all-round performances that not only Nick Nurse's Raptors, but the Raptors franchise has put in in almost the last decade since they started becoming a contender. But it wasn't only the point guard that did it. His backup managed to deliver and Fred Van Vliet who'd just gone one for 11 in the past game and had been much maligned for his performances throughout the playoffs, managed to deliver 13 points off the bench, five for six from the field, three from three from behind the arc and quite crucially could have made that difference. Well, it wasn't really a difference because it was quite a dominant performance in all aspects. Ibaka got 17 off the bench. Norman Powell, he only shot 6 for 18, but even he got 18 points off the bench with a differential of plus 29, which shows you the impact that he has, especially when he's played alongside the starters in a tighter playoff rotation. And this is why perhaps some of his regular season performances where he comes out with, you know, a full bench lineup may not reflect his actual ability. The other starters did it too. Gasol carried on his form, 17, including 6 for 11 from the field. And in fact, by half time, the Raptors had put up 65 points and were leading by 10 points. And Leonard and Siakam together had only scored 7. Now, these are two of the Raptors' go to players, not only this postseason, but this whole season, and hopefully in the future as well. But instead, they 
let the others do their thing. They were not going to be the main players tonight. Both of them were going to be defended heavily. Both of them had played heavy minutes and both of them were doubled throughout the game. And as we said, the way that you defend, if you are defended by double teamed, if you are double teamed throughout the game, then you've got to rely on passing out of the trap and letting your role players deliver. And that's exactly what they did. And that was exactly the tactics. However, it wasn't all bad. Siakam only delivered seven in the end, but Kawhi made some phenomenal defensive plays, including dunking on Giannis itself. He also got four steals. He scored 19 with seven rebounds, four steals, as we've said. And quite frankly, despite almost limping throughout the game, he played another 34 minutes, which was a game high with Kyle Lowry. But more importantly, it's 34 minutes out of 48, where in a playoff game, you'd usually, you know, be draining at least 40 minutes, which will hopefully give him a bit of rest, a bit of recuperation for the next time. But overall, I don't think anyone would say it's an overstatement to say that this was the best rounded, the one of the most comprehensive performances that the Raptors have seen in recent years. Under pressure, backs to the wall, knowing that it's this game or nothing, Toronto delivered. And quite crucially, that means they go into game 5, 2-2, with the momentum, looking to steal home court. Game 5 could be absolutely, could, could, could produce absolute fireworks. You don't know how these teams are going to come out. The Bucks are still a young side. This is the furthest they've got since 2001. They haven't been in the conference final. N none of their players have ever been in a conference finals before. Meanwhile, you look at the Raptors team. You have a finals MVP and winner in Leonard. You have players like Ibaka, Green, Lowry, of course, himself, Gasol, who all advanced very deep in the playoffs. And you've got that experience there. You've got that mix of experience, energy, youth. You've got, hopefully, you've got the likes of Powell on form, still on form, Van Vliet. Can he carry on his resurgence? Because throughout the game, there's been no concern. Throughout the series, there's been no concerns about the defence. Managed to hold the Bucks to almost just, just around the 100-point mark, except for game two, of course. It's just been the attack. It's just been the likes of Green, who still hasn't delivered. The likes of Lowry, Gasol, Van Vliet, Ibaka haven't always been the most consistent throughout this series but in this game it was all of them delivering at once and that to Toronto Raptors fans is going to be like Christmas. So let's listen to a little bit of what Kyle Lowry had to say after the game. Um, yeah 17, 18 and 13. Um, you know was, we needed it. Um, we, like I said we haven't had I think this may be our third game of the playoffs where everyone's like you know kind of stepped up and played and scored and, and did some things well but um this is one of the nights that you know we knew Kawhi was a little bit limited and uh we had to come out and be aggressive for him and <clears throat> the good thing the great thing about having him on your team is he still gets all the attention and uh we fit we fed off of that you know drive kick swing he gets in the lane kick out and you know that's the benefit of having a superstar like him on the team you guys have talked a lot about kind of trying to balance out the emotional highs and lows, but how much have the events of the past couple of games kind of lifted the mood around around the team? I think we stayed level at it. I think we understood the situations. You know, we 
they they did what they were supposed to do on their home floor. You know, we did what we were supposed to do on our home floor. Now we have to go out there and continue to do what we've done, you know, and what we've brought to the last two games and um, put it in the game five. Uh, we know it's going to be tough, and we know they're going to come out amped and ready to go. But, you know, I think some of the things we could continue to get better at is transition defense and, and you know, catching and shooting and shooting the shots that are there. So despite, and again, warm words from Lowry, important words and almost reflecting very deep analysis of the game. If they double Kawhi, it's up to us to deliver. It's up to the role players to step up. So statistically, the likes of 538, despite backing us throughout the playoffs, aren't giving us the rubber the green when it comes to probability. Tonight's game, they say the Bucks have a 62% chance of winning. Next game on our home court, 65%. And the last game, game seven, if it goes to it, the Bucks have a 62% chance of winning. But you know what they say in a series? It doesn't start till someone wins on the road. And that's what we're going to end on. And that's what you have to look forward to in what could be one of the most important games in Raptors history since the last one. So just to end it, we've got, of course... Follow us on social media. We'll be tracking the game throughout, doing live updates, live analysis, and of course, Twitter polls. Our last Twitter poll was quite interesting. We said, snap reaction straight after game four. How does this series go? You've got four possibilities, of course. 33% of you said wraps in six. 50% of you said wraps in seven. And 17% minority said bucks in seven, which I think, contrary to my analysis at the start of the series is probably true despite the momentum we're going to get from this i think that a failure to steal game five means we lose and that's going to be the sour note to end this on